<laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Take two. Uh, Escalante. Escalante. Yeah, my my Spanish is not the best. You can put it going back to their conference ways. That's the guy that I, like I said, I, I noticed most was not not on that list of signers. Go celebrate the two-year anniversary of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl win. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold, to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and with me today, I have Martin and a special guest, Nick. Hello. Hello. And we're going to be covering uh, a little bit of recruiting as we just passed the early signing period for Division One football. And so we brought in Nick from Northwest Spotlight, which does, uh, well, actually, I'll let him tell you a little bit about what he does. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so basically, I started this, uh, basically a platform on social media and et cetera, on kind of the basis of helping not just the top tier guys that you hear nationally, like, for example, Savelle Smalls or uh, now Lincoln Victor and et cetera. The list goes on now with over 100 players. But I, I just kind of started the website to cover everybody who really deserves a chance to play at all levels from Division One FBS, FCS, Division Two, all the way down to Division Three and NAIA and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, I, I know if you go on the website, some recruits that some vandals might be aware of actually have reviews of how – you guys have been able to help them and kind of get their name out there to coaches, and you guys have a pretty good connection to your Northwest via sounds like high school connections and a good amount of Division One, like you said, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA schools. So it's a it's a nice platform if you are interested in following recruiting more or anything like that. I know a lot of you Vandals probably use Boomer Vandal on Go, All Vandals or GoVandals.net, um, but if you want another resource to fo- focus mostly on Northwest guys. Um, Nick and Northwest Spotlight is a great way to start. They're on Twitter and they have their website. Did I did I miss anything? Oh uh, no, yeah. Uh, the website link is nwspotlight.us. The platform on Twitter has been going strong now for about three years. So yeah, yeah. And uh, I follow both of them, so that's how I've helped boost my knowledge on the local Northwest recruiting. Um, you guys cover Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. British Columbia and Alberta, correct? Correct. Yep. So, you know, everybody that – wish TJ was on this podcast, for those of you that know, is a huge we-need-to-recruit-the-Northwest guy. And so uh, if you're like TJ, this is this is the, the Twitter handle and website to follow. But uh, with that, we did sign a couple Northwest guys in our recruiting class signing when we were signing uh, – recording this on the 21st, so Friday. Uh, so a couple days past the signing period. But – Still a lot to talk about, and this will actually be being released on the two-year anniversary of Idaho's famous Idaho Potato Bowl victory. So congratulations to all of us for two years now since that. But uh, to kind of to kind of get into it, I guess we'll just start it off. The two guys we signed, they're out of the Northwest. We got Tanner Brooks, a linebacker, 6'4", 217 pounds for Mount Spokane. And then we also signed... Uh, Nick Romano, Mr. Idaho 5A Player of the Year from Rocky Mountain High School, 5'11", 201-pound running back. Any insight you can give us into these studs that we signed, Nick? Um, in my opinion, I, I think the kid from Mount Spokane is just a great physical linebacker. 
I'll be kind of interested to see what role he takes. Um, I mean, I'm Idaho and their coaches with Shoemaker and everybody kind of has that big deal about gray shirting the first year sometimes. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see where both guys line up their schedules with either showing up like right away in fall camp. And I, I actually believe Nick Romano, is he a early grad in December? I, can't I think remember. I saw he'll be ro- um, enrolling in the fall. I don't think he's graduating early. Okay. So that um, he's just – both players are just extremely physical. In my opinion, I think Nick Romano is probably the most impactful player in the state of Idaho. So that was a great sign. Uh, I'm actually surprised that the FCS team was able to pick him up, even though I think he was a more profitable FCS recruit. The kid is just strong, strong-willed. I mean, I don't think – I'm pretty sure the first 80% of his highlight tape is touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – that says enough as itself. I mean, he had a great offensive line. Uh, Rocky Mountains always had a great program. And so I had the kid from Mount Spokane, though, and that's something about Eastern Washington linebackers that are just so physical and tough. Um, Meade and other countless high schools over there in that league, Gonzaga Prep example, like all that league is just straight toughness. And for him to perform like that, truly proves that he's good enough to play at the Division One level. Yeah, so. We're pretty excited about them, especially Nick Romano, because uh, it's one of the big things now is we, we want to be recruiting more of these in-state guys. And with that, we kind of had a guy revert back to home, as it were. Noah Gunn, offensive tackle, 6'5", 290 pounds from Coeur d'Alene High School, just transferred to us from Air Force. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what do you remember from his high school tape? Um, and kind of what do you think the Vandals can expect getting a, a rather large offensive tackle on a FBS transfer? So I kind of have a little bit of bias okay. to this, to be honest. Um, so I went to Sumner High School, and a former teammate of mine and friend, Seth Carnahan, is also on the roster for the Vandals. So I'm kind of interested to see if Noah transferring back to Idaho and back home basically is to step into the role immediately or is he a qualifier to transfer back, by the way? I didn't see any articles or anything like he's, that. He's out, eligible but. right away, being that he transferred from an FBS to an FCS. Okay, perfect. So it's that there's no conflict there. So he might actually be that guy to step up. Um, his high school tape was extremely dominant. Um, just his size is just elite. Uh, I remember a few years back, too, uh, he was him, himself, and a few other players on that roster from that team were the reason why they started looking into a bigger schedule for off season games or sorry, not off season, but uh, mm. non league games, I guess, or non conference Idaho to expand into Washington. And which is why last year quarter line played Camus and stuff like that. Um, but that kid's physicality yeah. on the offensive line. Oof. I would not, I would not want to be it's on the definitely other side something of that we need because uh, that much. The- Depending on who our listeners think the starting quarterback should have been last year, one thing everybody can agree on was uh, whoever it was was getting hit a lot, and it led to a little bit of quarterback injury. So kind of solidifying that offensive line with some guys that can put their heel in and not let people around him will will help out whoever tosses the rock for us next year. Maybe you know using your insight, obviously I follow the Idaho side of the recruiting, and I know there's a couple guys that we are looking at who did sign it. Some, some rival schools, like I mentioned, uh, for instance, Cale Edwards, another Coeur d'Alene guy. But uh, who who are some of the Northwest guys that you think 
Vandals might be noticing on other teams across the big sky, whether it be Eastern, Montana, Montana State, Idaho State? Uh, one kid I actually want to give a shout-out to because he just signed, actually, I don't know. If, well, I'm kind of confused on this whole December date still, to be honest, with all the rule changes and additions, but committed to Weber State. Uh, Grant Duff does a really good job with recruiting Washington kids specifically, but he's from Puyallup High School. His name's Justin Haas or Hazi, however you correctly pronounce it. Just huge wide receiver, 6'3", uh, 210 right now. I think he was at about 195 or 200 during the season. Just a big body, plays outside linebacker as well. I don't think I saw him get tired once this entire season. Dominates the field, doesn't matter who it was. Uh, he made... Another corner who is, I think, a three-star recruit currently by Brandon Huffman on 24-7 Sports from Sumner High School just absolutely jumped over him and everything. Uh, Donovan 6'4 as well. Um, just to have that elite athleticism, I'd be kind of worried as a Vandal looking forward to playing that guy. And if you guys have the DBs to play defense on him, but even then, if he doesn't play offense... I'd be very scared to get hit by him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I, I'm I'm liking how we now get to play in the FCS where you do get a little bit more of the regional recruiting, um, which is something we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later in the podcast with how Idaho is still kind of pulling a little bit of the national FBS-type threads in our recruiting. But you can just tell with this class, it seems to be they are kind of pinning down on local area kids. And with that, uh, somebody who's from the Northwest who got a lot of – hype and press this year and I, I promise people listen we will cover the entire class but uh, while we have Nick on I figured we could talk a little bit how much the big sky might have dodged a bullet with Gresh Jensen deciding to go to Texas State <laughs> instead of going to his offers that he had at Idaho State and uh, Montana State obviously for the Grizz fans that would have really stunk. I'm kind of intrigued by that too because I he didn't have the best reputation and everything going forward I also played against him in high school um back when he was at Auburn Mountain View. You, I'm kind of – I expected him not to come back to the Northwest. I, I feel like he wanted to get away from it all mm-hmm. as well, just as a player and everything. Good luck to him at Texas State and everything, but I truly believe it was probably best that he did go down there. I, I mean, I, I don't know why Montana State necessarily offered him, especially when they have the quarterbacks on their depth yeah. chart that they do. Uh, talented quarterbacks, especially um, – the former quarterback at Mountain View High School mm-hmm. down in uh, Meridian. Bauman, right? Or no, it's uh, – so Yeah, the one who got hurt this year. Yes, uh, the one that got injured. Casey yeah. Bauman's from Washington, I'm pretty sure. But um, they – I just – I'm kind of interested on why other teams uh, around the country also didn't look more at him at this le- – at the higher level, even at the FBS. But it, it truly was a good choice for – uh, not many FCS programs in the mm-hmm. uh, big sky. And then uh, I just want my – this is more my guilty – two guilty crushes here on – one's currently a Vandal and one I was – I'm kind of hoping could be a Vandal. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the guy that I hope might be able to squeeze in to be a Vandal, um, Jojo Ciafelli. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but from Union High School, uh, 4A state champion here uh, in the state of Washington – uh, I actually attended the state championship game because we have an offer out to Alishon Taylor, another union guy who plays wide receiver and outside linebacker. And while I was there, I couldn't keep my eyes off of JoJo. I mean, he ended up the game with like 300 all-purpose yards, and it seemed like every single touchdown they scored was him. So I guess 
can I, I know your site's one that kind of helped him start getting his recruiting going because he had no offers until after that game, correct? Correct, uh, it, which was kind of weird. A lot of schools were hesitant on him because he tore his ACL um, a few years back, or I believe it was a few years back. I think it was his sophomore year, um, and he missed a good portion of his junior season. I think he missed a few uh, first games and so on which is what led to a few other kids transferring to Union High School as well. Um, that that area, by the way, of southwestern Washington, I, I, I'm not kidding you guys, that is just an elite area of high school football down there between Columbia River, Hawkinson, uh, Kalama, just, a, oh, man, Union, Camus. Uh, now uh, Coach Barnum's relative, his or son or grandson, whatever, from Portland State, is at Skyview High School as well down there in Vancouver. So, I mean, there, there's just so much elite talent uh, for JoJo to stand out like he did in that state championship game, especially for his team in general throughout the entire season. Um, and he split he split time at running back with two other backs who are, in my opinion, yeah, Division two to FCS. I talent. know that was the thing for me was so, uh, I was kind of getting upset after that game that, he one he didn't have any offers, and I thought Idaho being able to bring him in would really help us. But you know, I'm not going to lie. Looking at the three signings we got at running back, I now see why maybe we weren't one of those teams that offered him. So I do hope him the best. I kind of hope he maybe ends up at a Portland State, so we can kind of see him in the big sky, get to play him every once in a while. I don't know if I want him coming as close to home as a quasi rival in Idaho State. But uh, I'm excited that he's finally getting the love he wants, and I hope he doesn't choose uh, choose Georgetown because I kind of like to see him stay close so I can ke- keep an eye on him because he is an electric to watch. I think he could make all conference teams in the near future. But then the other guy um, that's currently on the Vandals, and I don't know how much you may know about him because from what I've heard, he kind of skated under the radar for most people. But Nikhil Nair uh, played at Mercer Island. He's currently our number two, well, number three quarterback. But we'll probably be in the competition going into the season. I don't know if you remember anything from him in high school or got any insider tips on what some people might expect because we only got to see him for six snaps this year against Florida. So not not a lot of tape to get a good grasp on what the future might hold for Nikhil. I think he's actually kind of very different from what Idaho Vandal fans are used to, uh, the offense and everything, the system that the team runs. Um he was a very electric player for Mercer Island back in high school as well. Um, I believe actually a coach of mine that works with me for my website used to coach at Mercer Island during the time when he was there and playing. Um, but he was just such an electric player uh, on that scale. Uh, Mercer Island has always had talented players, but never really a talented team enough to make a good playoff run. Cause I mean, three a in Washington is kind of a mm-hmm. very dominant league and, division where i mean eventually you're going to, have to run into the Eastside catholics and bellevues and uh at, during the time i believe they ran into sumner and lakes and you or lincoln and teams from tacoma who just have talent like no tomorrow uh but he even going against that talent showed that he was that dude on the field no matter what um and his elusiveness even out of the pocket is pretty good i mean his arm strength is no question. I, I think he might be able to make a push for a starting role next season, uh, but it's really up to can he prove that 
going into this preseason yeah. and stuff like that with this time off coming up. Uh, uh, we'll see. He's just a great player, and he was definitely uh, – I'm pretty sure a lot of people consider him a local legend on Mercer Island. So. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for him because uh, he's kind of in my pick to take over the reins. But, you know, obviously I hope both our current guys on the roster will all – and a guy returning back from a great suspension. I hope they all make pushes forward and, you know, and we just have four to five great quarterbacks, but we'll see. I guess, Martin, do you have any recruits you want to ask Nick about? No, you kind of covered everything that I, I talked, like everything, even, even like how like the local stuff and yeah, yeah you got it. All right. Everything. Well then, uh, Nick, you are welcome to stay on and add on anything you want. If you have to hop off, feel more than welcome, but we're going to kind of go over the rest of our class and, uh, Take it, take it from there and inform the people a little bit more, and then we'll, we'll call it a night. Uh, yeah. I do want to add for Vandal fans is that it is kind of sad, even though I know it's a deal that this young man could not pass up to continue playing both sports, especially as a dream for many dual sport or multi-sport athletes. Um, but Dylan Martinez mm-hmm. for Mountain View High School, linebacker, that kid is an absolute freak. And I wish Shay McClellan would have moved uh, back home from retirement a little bit sooner because I truly believe he was an FBS-type linebacker with good coaching and uh, everything like that surrounding him. But I, I was really hoping he would end up at somewhere like Idaho or Idaho State or even possibly taking the walk-on option that he had, I think, or an actual offer at Boise State. But committing to the College of Idaho – was probably a good thing. I, I just really wanted him to go play at Idaho really bad. Um, and then I guess a little fun fact, we're kind of on that. For those of you that don't know, probably most people, uh, Nick actually has connections to Central Washington. So before we cover the rest of the recruiting, can we get a way too early score prediction from you on what the game might be in the Kibbe Dome? From my expectation, I think that a lot of – Maturity going through for Central Washington is kind of there, especially in the run game. I think that's kind of what it's going to come down to, like most college football games, is how well you can run the ball. Um, but my early prediction of score is probably going to have to be 49 to 32. Okay. See, and I, I respect that. That's actually better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and we've done a good job of kind of trying to tamper some expectations from some people um, that might not know that – Central Washington isn't exactly the easiest of D2 teams to play. You guys are usually con- consistently in the top 10, if I'm correct, right? Correct. Until this season, some yeah. things went sideways, but yes. <laughs> so by no means is, uh, should we expect a cakewalk there. Yeah, that, that will be interesting. Um, now moving on to, to the rest of the class. Uh, we were able to sign 12 guys, and then we also got uh, actually news that we signed a new guy as of recording. Martin, if you want to start with that. Uh, yeah, his name is Kevin McGuire, and he is a like as far as I've been able to tell, just watching his highlights, he is fast and he is an athlete, can play all over the field. He's probably he's probably the one of the most he's he's probably the most excited player I'm most excited to see if he plays this coming fall. We currently, which is kind of a weird fun fact, I guess for all you guys out there, remember uh, as far as you guys who don't follow recruiting. Probably considered the best website to get the most accurate stuff on recruiting is two four seven sports. Uh, they have they do rankings and they're the ones one of the places that assign star ratings to players. Um, and they currently have rankings after the early signing period. And they have Idaho ranked as the number three class as of recording this at about let's call it seven o'clock on Friday. 
Uh, we are the third class in the FCS behind only two Ivy League schools in Harvard and Yale, 128th in the nation. Uh, we're ahead of a couple FBS programs, including Louisville, which is mind-boggling. But we're also two spots ahead of North Dakota State coming in at 130, uh, Kennesaw State at 133, JMU at 134. Then you've got your UC Davis 135 in Montana and Eastern rounding out at 139 and 140 as far as teams worth mentioning. So it's kind of weird to think that uh, we're putting together the best playoff, you know, eligible team recruiting class, which uh, might be good for Petrino as we know Petrino's in the, a little bit of a prove it year after the way things went last year. But let's just kind of cover some of the guys that he did sign starting at that what's going to be a really busy running back room. Um, we have Marquez Albert, uh, 5'8", 185 pounds, from John Curtis Christian High School in New Orleans, Louisiana. He's a three-star, according to 247 Sports. Uh, we have Keon Martinez, 5'8", 190 pounds, from Reg- Regis Jesuit High in Denver, Colorado. He was All-State uh, in the 5A division. We have Nick Romano, 5'11", 201 pounds, just absolute stud from the state of Idaho down there at Rocky Mountain High school that I think was going to be a Vandal favorite. Uh, then to round out your offense, we've got uh, playing quarterback Nate Cisco, 6'4", 200 pounds from Independence High School in Franklin, Tennessee. You, I've already brought up how I love Nikhil Nair. Watching this guy's huddle tape, he might be – I don't know if he'll start as a true freshman, but it's somebody to be excited about when uh, Mason might roll out and we'll see what happens with Colton and Lemley and all the stuff in the quarterback room. But this is a guy that – I think we'll be able to help us in the future if we can hold on to him. Uh, then we also got at wide receiver, we got Sean McCormick, 5'10", 180 pounds from Churchill County High School in Fallon, Nevada. He's uh, going to be a huge signing for us. Then we got Cameron Thomas, 6'1", 185 pounds from San Pedro High School. And those are our wide receivers. Coming in at linebacker, we've got, as we talked, uh, Tanner Brooks, the 6'4", 217-pounder from Mount Spokane. So call it practically an Idaho signing if you want. Uh, Absolute stud. And then we've got Coleman Johnson, who, if the name sounds familiar, is the younger brother of your Big Sky. And did he make Hero All-American team? Yeah, he made Noah Johnson. He made Noah so, made Hero, and I think he was the stats. So he, too. Younger brother of our All-American offensive lineman. He'll be playing a little bit of that uh, rushing linebacker spot in the 3-4 at Buck. 600, 245, or 240 pounds from Fayetteville. Obviously, Petrino bringing his ties he has back from his Arkansas offensive coordinator days. So, Martin, anybody there that you think really stands out or somebody that you're most excited to see from the high school guys we brought in? Most I'm excited about is uh, Sean McCormick. I kind of just – I know it's kind of that's kind of weird to compare him to other players, but he does kind of seem like the David Unger type. He could come in and fit into that David Unger type role and be able to play that slot and even take some hit some like handoffs out of the uh, out of some different packages he he's the one the most inter- in most uh is most interesting to me yeah i agree he's also a freak athlete he's also a state champion wrestler he like you said rushes a lot has multiple can just finds the end zone um i think like you said david unger i think he reminds me a little bit more of uh max komar for people out there remembering that you know late 2010 late or 2000 teams I think he's going to kind of play with, play with that anger. 
Uh, and I, I could see him kind of being like a Max Komar, mm-hmm. like you said, David Unger. But to, to keep it different, I think I really, like I said, I like that uh, Nathan Cisco, the quarterback from Independence High in Tennessee. Obviously, quarterback is a position that we're looking to solidify and maybe find an answer for. You you can't have too many guys. I think this is a guy we can bring in. And like I said, is if he doesn't get the job, is going to push these guys just better in fall camp and spring and summer ball going forward. So that's the guy I think I'm most excited for from the high school side of it. Bringing in our transfers, obviously we have the Air Force transfer, 6'5", 290-pound Noah Gunn, who played at Coeur d'Alene High School and is now coming back to the state of Idaho to finish off his career with the, you could call them hometown vandals. And then we got some junior college guys coming in. We've got Austin Holt, who's another one of those rushing linebackers. Uh, he'll be playing Buck at 6'3", 255 pounds from College of the Desert. Uh, coming, He went to high school in Palataka, Florida. Um, then we have Jalen Jenkins, another linebacker, 6'1", 209 pounds from Butte College in California. He's coming via Evanston, Illinois. Uh, then you have Satchel es- – oh, God. You- uh, Escalante. Escalante. Yeah, my, my Spanish is not the best. Uh, foot, 182 pounds from Scottsdale Community College down in Casa Grande, Arizona. And then we have – oh, God, my, my Spanish isn't the best. My Samoan is not great either. Silla Venesu Ve Tomasi. I think he just goes by Via. So we'll call him Via. He's a defensive lineman. He's won 310 pounds from Langley College in California. Um, he's also from Oakland. So the town. Martin, who, who, who pops off the sheet to you there as most exciting? As far as most exciting, Noah Gunn. Being an offensive lineman myself, I. Watching his highlight, watching his huddle tape, it was—it's really good. He can—he be able to knock some people on their butts whenever we do. Mm-hmm. He can be able to knock people on their butts when we're running the ball, or be able to protect whoever whoever the quarterback yep. is. This and uh, for me, it's Austin Holt, um, the six-three, two hundred fifty-five pound Buck linebacker from College of the Desert. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Cassius Marsh. For those of you that follow the Seahawks, Patriots, or Forty ers I think it's just kind of a speed, kind of lean frame, hair on fire kind of pass rusher that can drop back into coverage. Um, so I'm excited to see him. And I think it's exciting to see, like we saw on the offensive side, we're really stacking up the running back room. You know, we, we lost two playmakers in Ed Hall and Caden Ellis this year. And you can see it in the way we're recruiting a bunch of linebackers this year and Tanner Brooks, uh, Jalen Jenkins, Austin Holt. So. Um, and then obviously Coleman. So we're, we're really reloading that linebacker room to the best of our ability to fill in there with Christian Ellis. I mean, maybe possibly some Ty Graham. So um, it, it's nice to see that we're really trying not to take a step back. We brought in some Juco guys that might be more ready. And we brought in some guys that if they're ready, they'll compete and push them out. And I, I think we got a really good class. But there are still some notable holes. And signing period is not over, as we mentioned when we were covering the rankings. So there, there's still some people that we could bring in to really help solidify this class. I know for me, I'd like to see maybe some help at corner, some more help at offensive tackle, and maybe a little bit of help filling in the defensive line. Uh, Martin, is there anything you, you, you'd like to see us kind of target? I'd say, I'd say defensive, not defensive, defensive backs, and uh, just kind of hopefully solidifying what, solidifying that, so we don't have games like like the Idaho States again or the UC Davises, even that. And also also offensive line because you can never have too many offensive linemen on your team. 
So with that, we, we got a little bit of holes. Nick, is there anybody out there, offensive line, defensive line, corner, you think the Vandals should be taking a hard look at that might be able to fill some of these holes for us come this Christmas season? Come this Christmas season, I mean, even talking it over with Brandon Huffman, um, we everybody in the recruiting universe right now in business understands that nationally and mostly on this side of the uh, country that this 2019 class is a little on the weaker side and very unique. I'm kind of interested more maybe in the future with the Vandals and hopefully that they can continue recruiting at those positions for Northwest kids and not specifically look to how many people put it, going back to their Sun Belt Conference ways of trying to just be a pain in those teams' minds and start competing with Eastern Washington and even Georgetown now is starting to make a push out here for Northwest kids with Coach Bear. So, I mean, in the future, I, I see them offering Donovan Clark from Sumner. Uh, he's a next-year kid. I, I, there's just countless players in that 2020 class that is so good that almost this year would have to be a building year and say, like, break it down uh-huh. to the players that you do grab in this sign, this next signing period that's coming up. Say, hey, look, if you guys don't come here and work and actually earn the spot and prove it, then – I mean, next year is going to be that year to bring in a dude that's going to come out and ball as a freshman. So, And, uh, you know, that's for all of you out there that uh, are thinking it's, you know, depending on who's playing quarterback, it might be another year. Just, like, pump your brakes. We're getting some guys in. We're getting some local guys, some offers. And uh, you heard it there from Nick. Hopefully they start making the push. You can already see it more this year that they're looking way more local. Mm-hmm. There's a strong 2020 class out here. This is the way to, to, to line it up because um, like uh, Martin and I have talked about before, I, you should be able to, in theory, if you're a Vandal fan, you should be able to walk into any family room that Eastern Washington is recruiting, and you should not be able to lose to that recruit. We should be able to get competitive and be able to be on the same level, if not better than them. Um, we've got the facilities. We don't have to play out in the cold. You can just turn on some tape of their playoff games, but we need to start winning that to be a thing. Um, but uh, I do want to kind of cover some of our local offers with you of guys we still have out, um, starting with Alishon Taylor, a guy I thought would have signed in early signing period. I guess any uh, insight you might have on, on Alishon? That kid, man, it's just another stud from the Vancouver and Southwest Washington area. I, I cannot express enough. I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised that he did not sign in this early period. Um, he's one of those guys, I mean, even if you end up ever having a conversation with Brandon uh, that about Washington guys, it seems to kind of be a trend that if you are an FCS talent or, or just a Division One talent in general, you want to wait and wait and wait until you get the opportunity you want. I mean, it's a very selective process as well. Um, I, I think he's a more profitable FCS player. Um I mean, he might be waiting for a local team like Idaho to stick around and see if that offer stays. But I, I think he might be also waiting to see if Coach Mele or uh, Leach at Washington State eventually trigger too. Because he, the role of that outside linebacker rush type guy, the walk-up defensive end, uh, drop-back outside linebacker type um, with his athleticism and hands, um, even his – uh, trainer and seven on seven coach. The last time I talked to him, said that kid's the most naturally gifted big guy with hands that he's had in a long time. Um, 
Uh, just his athleticism and his hips are flexible. Everything is there. Um, do I think he's an Idaho type of player? Yes. Do I think he will end up as being a Vandal like most people hope? Probably not, depending on uh, if he ends up being a qualifier, which I'm pretty sure he is. I just want to be um, – you never know uh, with some kids with the GPA and everything. Um, but last time I spoke with him, he has good grades and everything. So I, I see him maybe getting an FBS opportunity. Um, but he, he definitely would be a great fit at the University of Idaho, definitely. Yeah, and that's – I know that's the guy that I – like I said, I, I noticed most was not not on that list of signers. Um, and, you know, we've got a, a boatload of other guys out here in the Northwest that are that are looking all over. A lot of Washington guys, a lot of Bellevue, O'Day, got your Idaho guys. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can tie in with these last little – Martin and I are kind of thinking somewhere between 20 to 25, probably closer to the 20 range on that number. Um, of guys left in this class, if we've already brought in 14, that means there's about six – to eight people left. So I, I'm hoping they land Northwest. I know we have a couple outstanding national, you know, Florida, Arkansas, Louisiana, the Texas, California, the Petrino footprint. Um, but I'm hoping we tie those up with local Northwest guys. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, I'm just curious on this. Is there any shining gem out there from Canada that might be undiscovered? Cause I think it was Montana or Montana state just signed some kid from, Canada and I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, they just signed I think a, a offensive lineman or a skill position from Manitoba, which is not necessarily mm-hmm. what I cover, but I do know a few coaches in that area and stuff like that. There's a few Division One quality players, but those guys who are a handful out there. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's very very rare that you'll find a kid that's good enough, and it's usually because their family migrates up north and uh, goes north of the border to live up there and they still want to play football. Um, and they're usually that Division One FBS elite talent. I mean, Penn State tends to always mm-hmm. recruit Canada kids or Canadian kids. Um, so it, it's kind of a handful depending. But I, I, right now, not this class, but maybe next year, maybe the year after that. Um, but American football in Canada is growing, definitely. Um, and that will kind of go along with the growth of Idaho and Montana players as well, being that elite level. But not right now. I do not see that true Division One talent. Yet. We're going to call a wrap on the recruiting section of it, and we're going to go into our kind of one of our last segments we do, hashtag AskTATC, which is kind of a the fans ask us questions. Um, but before we do that, we do a segment called Getting Ice too which allows you to ask Martin and I any question you'd like. It can be about vandals. It can be about something fun and not sports-related. We'll give you a minute to think about it while we run through our hashtag AskTATCs. Martin, our now, I guess, colleague, Brian Marceau, at Brian Marceau, hashtag AskTATC. Idaho signed another quarterback, which apparently gives us five, Petrino, Richardson, Nair, Lemley, and the new guy. I think we also have Dylan Kaiser, the walk-on but uh, from Elk Grove. But does this mean... One of our five-headed monsters will be relocating. Also, how does this look for Idaho in terms of strength versus previous classes? I don't know if, say, some might trans- – maybe their one might be transferred just because they want a better opportunity. Maybe football it just isn't their th- thing anymore necessarily. But I – or maybe hell, even they, some might even play a different position now. That's kind of where I, I think maybe with the – for the quarterback stuff goes, I wouldn't 
read too much into it. I know mm-hmm. some cl- I know some cl- some colleges even sign a quarterback every class just to kind of keep things. And Paul said he wanted to do that too. Yeah. When he that was like one of the first things he talked about was he wants to sign a guy in every class because you can never have too many guys. That being said, how many years now have we had our starter go down and not have a quality backup? So, but you know, there's we could go all day on all the guys that have transferred out. But I guess that's probably where this question stems from is fact that we've had guys like Chad Challenge, Jake Luton, Gunnar Amos all transfer out. But uh, I would say Petrino's not going anywhere, obviously. I, I, I hope Colton's not going anywhere. I know he kind of got a bum deal, and he's now kind of wasted two years' worth of his red shirt, which maybe this is the year he says, Coach, red shirt me. Um, let me compete next year as a redshirt junior. Obviously, Nair, I don't think he's going anywhere. Dylan Lemley's the one that will be interesting. Um, we don't know where he is on the grades. I've heard he's back on campus. But, uh, you know, that's not something you really know. So hopefully he's got the whole grades things figured out. But that's a guy I would not be surprised if he doesn't come back. Obviously, I hope he does because I think he could be an absolute playmaker and he just offers something so different than the other guys. But, uh, yeah, and obviously the new guy's not going anywhere. He's just going to be coming in. Then we got Taylor Cash at Idaho Grown T Cash. Hashtag ask TATC. Which of the new guys are you most likely to start? Which one will likely to have the biggest impact immediately? And then what are our biggest needs still? We kind of already covered what our biggest needs were still. Um, but which guy do you think is the most likely to start or have the biggest impact immediately? Uh, like I said before, I think Noah Gunn is is going to play right away, and I think he's going to have an immediate impact being able to protect the blind side of whoever is throwing the, the ball for us this fall. I think he is <laughs> – yeah, he will be – he will be the – he is someone that I just see as being – an instant game changer for Idaho. And for me, I'm going to go back to my my defensive pick for guys that are coming in. I think Austin Holt. Like I said, I think this guy, just his frame at 255, and I'm excited to see how he goes. I think he's going to plug in instantly kind of and play how Caden Ellis did. And you pair that up with another year of Christian Ellis getting bigger, getting stronger, getting faster, getting smarter. I think you're not going to see any drop-off if – at all, if you do a very minuscule drop-off from our linebacker play last year um, by the guys we brought in, I think a lot of that will be Austin Holt. So that that's probably the guy I'm most – I think will have a big impact the soonest. And then, Nick, I don't know. You might have an answer for this one. Do, do you think uh, there's anybody you noticed that might be able to have an impact for the Vandals right away or any of the Northwest guys you think might have a chance to start or be solid special teams players off the bat? I agree uh, with Martin that – Noah Gunn will probably be that impact guy no matter what off of that because he'll just come in and prove it immediately this offseason and just be that guy. But I, I'm very interested, like I said, with how Idaho's always been that school to make the gray shirt rule uh, their thing for freshmen. But uh, if Nick Romano comes in, uh, he's a tough kid. He has a wrestling background as well, so I'm kind of interested to see if he plays special teams maybe as a freshman and get some playing time or – maybe even be a first, second down back, maybe the first few games of the season against Central Washington, for example, to get a few plays in and then consider redshirting him. But that kid is just a beast, and you put him in any situation with guys that he trusts up front, and he's going to put it in the Yeah, and that new redshirt rule is just so – such a game changer. In fact, like you said, some of these guys could come in and make impacts for four games, whether that be end of the season, beginning of the season, and then we can still – preserve them for later in the year like we would have we've seen with a couple of the guys we did this year so yeah now to getting iced were you able to think of anything you want to ask martin and i what school 
in the FCS would you most likely be willing to play for a non-league game that is not in the Big Sky? Meaning it's still a challenge, but it's also a game that would help Idaho prove their stature necessarily. I kind of want to see us play maybe like a Sam Houston State or maybe like a Jacksonville State. One of those teams that is good. They're not quite North Dakota uh, or North Dakota State or South Dakota State, but they are considered more of a, a blue blood in the FCS level. They're usually there. Both of them have been to a national title in the last decade. So I think a team like that, that kind of can go down as a marquee game that, you know, if things go our way, uh, unlike last year, maybe could be a competitive game. I think if we would have played either of them this year, uh, it wouldn't be the year to do it. And maybe next year is not the year to do it either. But as far as a non-Big Sky team that I think we could really test our medal against, I'd go with probably Sam Houston State or Jacksonville State. But uh, dream matchup, obviously, I'd love to play JMU or NDSU. But for competitiveness, probably those two, the Gamecocks and uh, Bearcats. Obviously, outside of like the North Dakota States and the James Madisons, outside of those, like kind of the beak more competitive. I'd like to see maybe the Sandy, like the – northern iowa's or the northern iowa or maybe even a georgetown to kind of georgetown would be fun kind of just compare yeah those are those two are kind of my schools that i'd kind of like to see us see us yeah because you were big no tj was the one that wanted to see us play like two caa teams so yeah that's a that's the answers i'll give those those suffice (laughs) yeah definitely those are actually great programs i'll mention too uh, coach Barrett, George, Georgetown, like I mentioned earlier, too, is a great coach friend of mine. Uh, he's a Washington native and loves recruiting Washington players. He was actually the coach that offered Nick Romano, too. Uh, so I, I'm kind of interested in that matchup mostly. See how the Ivy League of public uh, schools with great educations will meet up with Idaho for football. That would be, be kind of interesting. Um so yeah, with with that, you know, I, th- I think that's all we got for you. If you want to uh, hit the people with any closing remarks and maybe remind them how to find you and uh, what you guys got going on over there at Northwest Spotlight. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Nick Farman. Uh, our web, my website that I founded a few years back is Northwest Spotlight. Uh, the web link is nwspotlight.us because we can't afford .dot com. <laughs> um, and then the platform for Twitter. I'm not on Facebook yet. We're working on that. Is at NW Spotlight. And you can find it usually if you just look up Northwest Spotlight in your uh, search bar as well on Twitter and stuff like that. We have countless player reviews and evaluations and stuff that we post all the time. Uh, And please keep in mind that the player rankings that we do and for our evaluations is based on a local talent pool and not national. So it's opposed to 24-7 sports being – hey, this kid's a dude, his GPA isn't really in that equation for their composite rankings. Ours, it does include GPA. Um, so if, say, you're a Division three player, but you have the grades to play higher and stuff like that, or if you're a good athlete with mid-tier grades with a, like a 2.8 or something like that to a 3.0, you might be that FCS guy, but you might end up at a school like Central Washington, which is probably a better fit for your academics and stuff like that. So we take all those aspects into consideration for our player rankings. And it's just a fun way to stay involved with local kids, see what guys you want to see on Friday nights and stuff like that. And some Saturday games, obviously, if your uh, local area is big enough to share fields and stuff like that between multiple high schools. But yeah. Um, thanks for having me on guys. 
Yeah, no problem. Martin, you got any closing remarks? Nope, I got nothing. All right. Well, yeah, and I can't stress enough. Uh, I've really gotten into the recruiting side of it this year, and that's how I found Northwest Spotlight. And I'm really excited to, living in the talent-rich area that I do, attend a little bit more high school games next year. So uh, I'll definitely be using Northwest ta- or Northwest Spotlights. So I hope uh, you guys do as well. I want to thank Nick so much for coming on and helping us kind of break down our our local kids that we'll be adding to this class. And Martin and I also are excited about all the other guys we'll, we'll be bringing in on this class. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys at the latest uh, on National Signing Day. Um, and then, obviously, Brian will be keeping up the basketball coverage. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Go celebrate the two-year anniversary of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl win. And we'll see you guys next time. Go Vandals! Go Vandals!